0: Welcome back, everybody,
1: to your creativity. We are on a Zoom call, and we are with somebody that I I kind of work with. We kind of work for uh, two companies that work together in the same building and whatnot. Um, We are here with Mariah. And I I forgot to ask about the pronunciation of your last name before we started. Uh, Eames. Eames? Okay. Yes. And uh, she works for Angel Studios, but we're n- we're not here to talk about Angel today. We you know might touch it a little bit at some point, but we're talking about a play that she's directing called "The Android's Dream of Electric Friends," and it's um, it- it's an interesting concept. You probably can describe it better than I could ever try to formulate it. So tell us about it.
0: Yeah. Um, so it's um about ai um and basically um my colleague and i had this idea to to make a play that involves ai because um we just kind of feel like a lot of the media that surrounds any any topic close to ai um is really fearful um and oftentimes the ai ends up learning too much and destroys the world right it's it's usually presented in this like sci-fi genre that way um and we just think it's interesting because we think it's really affected the way people think about um artificial intelligence and what um what its capabilities are right but the thing is 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 everywhere that we're reading it's saying yeah there's a lot of people that that are afraid of it but also ai is inevitable like it's it's going to be in our futures and so Um, We thought it'd be interesting to kind of explore that a little bit in a play um, and talk about what, why we're so fearful about it and um, really just explore a human's interactions with artificial intelligence. And, and we, we kind of discovered along the way, this connection between artificial intelligence and emotional intelligence that um, when Uh, people have more emotional intelligence they're uh, they're usually a lot more open to the idea um and so in the meantime we we we're making this play um and we're exploring these two roommates who bring this artificial intelligence into their home um to allow it to observe them um and learn emotions and um yeah so it's a two-woman play and then the audience actually plays the role of the AI. Um, so, so yeah, we're, we're hoping that like with that, people can really connect to this idea and kind of like explore within themselves as well, how they're connecting to other people as well as this idea of bringing AI into their homes. So.
1: You brought up that it was a, a two-person play. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us about your team. You know, you're the director and writer and then you've got a couple of actors. Who also helped write it and then a mary who also are, works with you as uh the producer
0: yeah so we um are a scrappy little team i've worked <laughs> with both of my actors before we actually went to college together and i've worked with them on many different shows um i got my degree in theater directing and um one of them got it in theater education and the other one got it in theater um acting so um we're all very well versed in, in drama, (laughs) but, um, um, yeah, so this team kind of came together by accident. It, um, it was just me asking around and Mary is our producer and she's never produced before. Um, but I knew that she would do a really good job helping us, um, get our show to Scotland, which is where it's, where it's going, which is really exciting. Um, and she heard the concept and um texted me the next day. It's like, I can't stop thinking about this. I want in. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> um but yeah.
1: And it was one of your actresses, Claire, that came not Claire, uh Esther, that came up with the concept. What what was it hearing about that from her the first time?
0: Um yeah, it was really it was it was kind of exciting. It was so it was um she brought the idea of working with AI in a show to me and at first I was like well this isn't really my field <laughs> I don't know much about artificial intelligence and she's like honestly I don't either but I started listening to one podcast and I just thought it was really interesting to play around with that in in a theatrical space um, and so we just started talking I was like okay let's, let's talk um, and then we realized that even though we don't know much about the the science behind AI, um, we can explore really what, like very deeply the the human aspect of that, because I think that there's a lot of everyday people that don't know much about AI, and we are going to be interact and are interacting with that element just as much as the people who know the science behind it, um, and so. We, we, I was like, okay, okay, I can do that. We, we can like explore the human experience, right? With AI. And then we started talking about, okay, well, if we're gonna have AI, how, how are we gonna get it on stage? Because it's definitely not cheap, <laughs> right? Having an AI, an, an actual robot with you on stage and we don't know anybody who can make it for us. And so um, the idea actually came from me of, oh my gosh, the audience, who were trying to make feel all this, right? They can play the AI. Um, and so it kind of like came together the both of us just like through conversations and talking about how it's, how it's gonna be on stage. And then it just like became a huge concept of the show and um, has really turned into something um, that I hope is really spectacular. Like I, 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 um, I think the audience's experience is gonna be very unique watching the show.
1: I've got my ticket for the first show on Tuesday, so I'm, I'm excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there's, you know, there's been AI in movies and TV shows for, for, for years, you know, data on Star Trek, the, the new show, the Orville has a lot of stuff, Westworld and, you know, uh, Spielberg's AI. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys look at those in any way to kind of, um, get some ideas
0: yeah so um we had we, we we did a lot of things for research we watched a lot of sci-fi um we listened to to how ai is interacting with um people right now and some of the the major experiments that are happening and the funny thing is is i would bring this up too, to to people and learn that there's like so much more information that I don't know. <laughs> um, like there's a lot out there about this. Um, but as far as, as sci-fi film, um, the, what we pulled the most inspiration from, um, and you'll hear it in the title, um, yeah. is, is Blade Runner. Um, so both the, the, the old one and the one that came out recently, the movies, um, we pulled a lot of inspiration from those um and it the the title itself so blade runner is based off of a book called do androids dream of electric sheep um which we just really loved that title and the 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 concept of that book right is is also the the concept of the movie blade runner but basically um it's this idea of of AI coming in and learning too much and becoming too human, and people get really scared of that. And so there's like other AI that comes in who's supposed to like destroy that AI, right? And in the meantime, you just learn a lot about that human aspect and that this intelligence is worth like is is worth a life, right? And is worth a life as much as a human is. Um, and so there, you'll find a lot of Easter eggs if you're familiar with Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep um, and Blade Runner. Um, there's there's a, quite a few Easter eggs in our show that explore that. in um, the title itself, right? So we have Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep and then our show, Do Androids Dream of Electric Friends um, that we, we pulled almost direct inspiration from. And we're hoping that people who recognize that um, can see. I mean, if you know Andrew *Dream of Electric Sheep*, obviously you're going to be like, "Oh, this is this is what that inspiration's yeah. from." <laughs> um, and and I hope that they see a lot of parallels. There's there's not so many parallels necessarily in the plot of our show, just like in the overarching themes of that book are very huge thematic elements in our show as well.
1: Gotcha. So. Um, that- you said you went to, to college for for theater. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have? Were you in theater growing up? Like you know, high school plays or anything like that, just to get your feet wet.
0: Yeah, I was. Um, I I did theater throughout middle school and high school, and definitely caught the bug. And I remember, I mean, yeah, it just made me happiest, and decided to major in it and. Here I am (laughs) there. There's actually a point in college um, in my very first class, it was theater 101, and we're going around the room saying what our major was. And I hadn't declared a major yet, but a friend next to me who I've told him this story said, I'm a a theater arts major with an emphasis in directing. And I was like, I think that's what I want to do. So I just like said it out loud. And then just from that day, never looked back. So was just like very in the moment decided to do that. And yeah.
1: And now you've wheeled it into to being. Yeah. So, What have been some of your past productions? You said you were at the Salt Lake uh, Fringe Festival. What, what, what stuff have you worked on?
0: Yeah. So uh, last year with a, a similar team of who I'm working with right now, actually, uh, I like to to keep my very talented friends close <laughs> um, we brought a show called prothro um, to the salt lake french festival um, and that one was based off of a um a fairy tale um a grimm's fairy tale that is about death um and death kind of like adopting a child and taking care of the child and giving the child like um some of death's powers but the child is still living in the 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 actual world and she can know if someone is going to live or die soon um, and so we played around with that concept and in war um and put it in the setting of war and it was really interesting um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Similarly, um, so there's this process in theater called devising, um, mm-hmm. which a lot of people aren't necessarily familiar with. Um, but usually, right, you you write a script and you tweak it and then you take it into the rehearsal room and practice with it. Um, and then the the entire rehearsal process and show is built around the script, right? Whereas devising usually starts with an idea and movement, and you kind of build the script around that. Um, and so Prothero and Do Androids Dream of Electric Friends uh, went through that process where um, we didn't have any words at first. We just had this idea and we're like, okay, well, where is this character gonna go? What, what would be interesting to see? Um, and so you'll notice in, in our show, Do Androids Dream of Electric Friends that a lot of the dialogue is, is very um, natural. Like it sounds a lot like the way we usually speak. And that's because that's what we did, <laughs> is we just got up on our feet and we just started talking. Um, and so I, I think because of that, it 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 feels different than than what like a normal script. If you went to to just go write it, would right? So
1: uh, who who inspires you? You know, theater wise, in li- just general life wise, business wise.
0: Who inspires me? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I have a lot of uh, theatrical inspirations for sure. Um, there's a few directors, um, Anne Bogart, um, Emma Rice, um, Carrie Crackernell, um, all females. <laughs> which I, there's some great male directors as well, but these ones in particular, their style and What they do in theater and just the heart that they bring is really inspiring to me. Um, I also have some historical people I really look up to. There's one of the first female um, actresses in Western theater, right? Because like back in Shakespeare day, it was all men playing women and men. Um, So in the 1500s. Nell Gwen was one of the very first female actresses and she just has the coolest story ever and just like worked her way up and I just really love her. Um, I also pull a lot of inspiration from my professors that I worked with at BYU. Um, And what's funny is no one else is gonna know this, but any name that we mention in our show is a name of one of our professors. Um, So again, the three of us who have been in re- this rehearsal process and writing the script um, all went to BYU for their theater program. And um, that, that program is just really great. And those professors are just like so full of heart and, and just like do everything that they can to, to make their students grow. And that's actually a concept that we talked about initially um, is just this, again, this fear versus acceptance of AI um, that we, we related it to teaching. Um, and the best teachers, right, are those that don't fear that their students grow smarter than they do. In fact, they're so excited when they grow beyond them, right? That they, they, they celebrate that. Um, and we feel like the, a lot of the fear comes from the opposite of that with AI that like, what, what would happen if we just like celebrated that idea? Like, oh my gosh, this thing is now smarter than we are. How wonderful is that? You know, um, and so you'll you'll hear like Shelly and Roger and Julia and those are all names of our professors <laughs> that we've slid into the script.
1: <laughs> Easter eggs for right, yeah. right there, yeah. Yeah. Um, and When you're, when you're creating things, what situations are most creative? Like, of course, you know, group conversations and things like that, but kind of expand on that.
0: Yeah. Um, so I find movement really inspiring and creative, um, which looks really funny to an outsider. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it looks like a, a typical, like if you're watching any sort of like comedy movie or show and they walk into like a theater group of people and they're all just like moving very wildly that's what it looks like um but just like playing music and then just like walking in a space it it's really freeing actually for anyone to just like start to focus on themselves and how their body feels and then to isolate parts like lead with your elbow and how does that feel it really sparks like it really like hits the brain in a way that we don't allow ourselves to to experience on a daily basis so and like personifying yesterday our warm-up was just like personifying objects like a ladder and what does that look like because ladders don't move but like our bodies do it's like what if we like put movement into that and just like think like allowing yourself to forget that you look really stupid (laughs) and just allowing yourself to to explore that just like opens up different veins different like avenues in your brain and then from there creativity just 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 expands in my opinion and so always i i love to start out at least with a warm-up where we do that but oftentimes not necessarily in this show but in past shows um, we'll have concepts like, okay, there's a box in the middle of the room, what's in the box? And we figure out what's in the box as a group and that will like actually morph into a scene of the show. Um, so um, it, I, I think it's it's a really cool activity, but also can like just bring out a lot of creativity of just just like improv, but it's not word-based, it's just movement-based. So uh,
1: Has that ever been... Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the box?
0: <laughs> um, not yet.
1: Not Maybe yet. next time. <laughs> Sorry, it just made me think of that. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's it's called an innovative multimedia theater experience. Mm-hmm. So um, can you go into the, like the inter- interactive part, like without giving away details? Kind of like the audience is the AI. What's kind yeah. of the frameworks of that
0: yeah so it's it's a two-person show but there's three characters the ai is definitely a a full character in this show so it's not like an every now and then the audience makes a sound this they're they're being talked to and um are expected to answer back the entire show um and so there's different elements to that and there's there's um we've built a path i hope that is um very particular but just like when you write a story for anyone there's a character arc there's a character arc for the ai as well um and so i'm excited to see how the audience reacts to that and if they they truly recognize that and how um yeah how, how they feel about it i i, I don't want to give away much so sorry yeah. being really elusive right now no.
1: No, I, I just I just wanted a hint or just kind of how how yeah. it worked so have you had like a, a test audience you know to kind of play around with those back and forth
0: yes we've had a test audience members I'll say um we haven't had like a full-on audience which will be fun opening night um but we have had um, a couple people come and then they'll just like move around <laughs> the audience. <piece. laughs> Um, which is actually very helpful because you there's only so much you can anticipate from an audience member but um, I actually kind of love when we bring somebody in without telling them much and they say something that kind of like stumps my actors and then they look at me because I'm writing notes as the director and I'm like you're doing great no just keep doing this is like so good anything you do is not wrong. Like there's literally nothing wrong you can do as an audience member in this show. Um, and so they're, they're, I, I do expect and, and kind of hope that there's moments that they do feel a little uncomfortable, but I hope that like we've generated a, a uh, like comf- uh, not comfortable, but like warm enough environment that um, they're excited to interact.
1: Well, I will I will bring my interacting hat with me. Oh good! On, I'm on glad. Tuesday, so, and um, we're releasing this on Monday. Just this is an audience note: we're releasing this on Monday. It's the day before the shows. So, um, what what days are the shows running here in Utah?
0: So, um, we're running for three days. It's so it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, August second through fourth. Um, and there's going to be two shows each night. So there's a six p.m. show and an eight p.m. show. It only runs an hour because in scotland um it's for the the french festival in scotland i don't know if people are that familiar it's it's one of the it is the biggest festival theater festival in the entire world um and yeah so the allotted time we got was an hour long um yeah so it's an hour long show we have two that night so if you don't like interacting just know it's only an hour (laughs) it's just an hour of your life (laughs)
1: Awesome. I'm excited. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of there's While I'm trying to think of um, if I've got anything else, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to share?
0: Um, yeah, I... If... I'm trying to think. I think we, we covered a lot of things, but I just hope people... Yeah find this really exciting um i'm really excited about it and if you're not somebody who interacts just know that that's okay um you don't have to interact in this show you can definitely just observe that's that's totally an option so don't let that like hinder you from coming if if you don't want to interact but um it'll be it'll definitely be a different experience than people are used to watching theater
1: very nice Well, before our bonus questions, I mentioned Angel Studios at the beginning. Um, Tell everybody what you do for them and, you know, about the company, you know, being from the inside and, yeah, you know, talk about work. Uh,
0: Yeah. So at Angel Studios, um, I am a creator success manager, is my title. It's similar to a client manager, but probably a little more intensive. Um, But I work specifically with. Um, the creators, so people who bring projects to Angel Studios um, and help them through the process of getting funding, um, working with their their crowd and their community, um, and just like through the angel process. So I don't know how much people know about Angel, um, but it's it's very community based, um, and so um, oftentimes when you're trying to fund a TV show or a film, it's just like a handful of very rich people who bring their money and then therefore make the most money off of it, right? And have a lot of creative control, which oftentimes hinders the actual project itself. Um, And so at Angel, instead of like bringing it to just like those handful of people, we actually open it up to the crowd and allow people the opportunity to invest in these shows. And so if the show makes money, they make money, which is really exciting. Um, also, um, it, yeah, it gives the creators a lot more creative liberty to, to make their show. And so we've attracted a lot of very passionate people with passion projects. Right. Um, and so it's, it's a really cool job because I get to work, um, face to face with these creators and hear about why they're so passionate. And then help that passion get communicated to Angel Studios. Um, but yeah, I, I really love that aspect of my job. It's really fun.
1: Very nice. And and you're busy, even without this play, you're you're busy. You're always yeah. running around somewhere. <laughs> this is <Awesome>. true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our bonus questions. The first one is, what does creativity mean to you?
0: What does creativity mean to me? Um, Creativity, I think that it's you you don't have to be a certain someone to be creative. In fact, some of my favorite moments in life has come from someone who maybe doesn't identify as a creative, just trying to be creative. Like I personally love watching that. Watching somebody who's super mediocre at singing just get up there and really feeling it some people find that very awkward. And I just absolutely love it. Cause I think that like creativity is more of a feeling than anything. And you could be creative about anything and just like going and trying again is so freeing. So back to this, like exercise I was talking about with movement, I honestly think everyone should try it because it just feels so good. And so I think creativity is, 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 is expressive and it just like opens up, um, brain pathways that, um we don't usually get to open on a daily basis so again very elusive answer but that's my answer no, it,
1: there's no wrong answer to that question o- only if you don't answer it i guess that's the, that's okay. the only wrong answer yeah. the next one is who would who is your favorite muppet and why <laughs>
0: uh mrs piggy for sure i love her i think that she's fabulous and I love it. She's a pig, and she's fabulous, and she knows it, and that's why.
1: <laughs> awesome. And in the movie of your life, who would you like to play you?
0: <sighs> who would I like to play me? Um, well, I get told a lot I look like um, Drew Barrymore. I get told, told that a lot, all the time. But um, if looks were not... The reason why somebody would play me in my life, then Sandra O. Oh, I'm obsessed with her. Um, oh, yeah. she, I mean, obviously, she's different ethnicity than I am, but I just love her so much, and I would love for her to. Play. <laughs> so that's my final answer.
1: Yeah, she's such a gay actress. You know, the early years of Brazen Enemy, which I still can't believe is still on. Um, I know. <laughs> and then that show she does. Uh, what is the name of it? Killing Eve. Yes, she's so incredible she's on that.
0: Incredible, Jodie Comer as well. I would also love for her to play me. Either one of those. I love that show. I just finished it recently.
1: I, I'm behind. I've ran into some other shows, you know, <laughs> World and
0: as All does. those
1: other ones are on. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I just thought of this. Um. Did you see that headline in the past day or so? Where the the chess AI like grabbed like seven-year-old or six-year-old or eight-year-old's finger during the the chess match
0: i didn't
1: yeah i it's crazy i don't know any details i just read the headline but it's like oh my gosh they are turning on us yeah <laughs> <laughs> um anyway let's run down you know where they can get tickets you know the the website and everything
0: yeah so um You can get tickets on Eventbrite, Um, I'm pretty sure, it's a very long link that I've been sending people, but um, again, the show's called Do Androids Dream of Electric Friends? And so you should find it on there. Yeah, I'm hoping that there's a way that they can link it in this as well.
1: Well, and the the website, Robot Roommate, that has a a link in there for tickets, yeah.
0: That's true too. Um, So yeah, if you go to robotroommate.com one, you can learn a little bit more about our show. You can see who's working on it. There's a little video with me, Esther and Claire talking about it. Um, But you can go to tickets and um, purchase them there too.
1: And you can hear them go booty bot, booty bot, booty bot. Yeah. (laughs) That made me laugh so hard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which we did think about actually naming the robot that and decided. Going a different route, but
1: <laughs> go different direction. All right. Well, thank you. Great chatting with you. And next time I'm down in Provo, I hope to see you when I'm in the building. Yeah. I'm usually here at home all by myself and my dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll I'll see you on Tuesday.
0: Okay, sounds good. We'll see you then. All
1: right. See you then. Bye. Bye-bye. The podcast is done, man. <laughs>